And good afternoon. Hey, Dave. How are you doing? All right. I'm doing well. Good. It's a, a, a lovely Tuesday, as opposed to normal Thursday. And you just got back from IBMA. Over I the did. How that was, was it? It was great. Great to be back there. It's been a couple of years since I've been there. And uh, yeah. great to see everybody. And, uh, you know, lots of music, lots of banjo. And, uh, yeah, it's good. Highlights? Any uh, Anything spring to mind? I mean, it's always good seeing, you know, a lot of the artists and old friends come to the booth. I mean, Kristen Scott Benson won Banjo Player of the Year, and yeah. she came by the booth, and she's just such a great, just her energy is is so great to be around, and she's such a great musician as well. Yeah. And uh, um, that's always a highlight to, to just be around people like herself. And uh, then some of the jams up, in, up on in, – you know, at night, um, mm. finding finding little pockets of some really good jams here and there. And uh, one interesting, I was just hanging out watching, and then this bass player started playing. And I was like, "Looks familiar." And this, when it, it was like this, there was this bass player that was visiting Buenos Aires when I was there, and uh. came to my house on my birthday. <laughs> actually, <laughs> so that was that was a little strange thing too small world thing yeah very small world well the bluegrass community is definitely a small world that's for sure so i'm glad you got to go uh sorry i couldn't make it this year but uh all good next year uh we will be there in force now uh today is episode 93 young david it's also october 3rd which means we've got about we gotta work that out (laughs) i know where you're going we want to get to number 100 before the end of this year all right so We've got a few people in mind. If anybody at home, whether you're watching live or whether you're watching this uh, after the recording goes live, uh, if you have any suggestions for people that you either want to see that we've never had on the show or that you we've had that you really like that you'd love to see back on the show, let us know and we'll do our best to get them here. But uh, we're shooting for the big one zero zero before the end of 2023. That's the goal. Let's, yeah. let's see. I think we can do it. Yeah. I think we can do it. All right. Well, let's get on with number 93 because this week... We're joined by the ever-fantastic Mr. Chris Cool to discuss Skip, Stop, and Alternate, which is an introduction to alternate rhythms and rests for the claw hammerist. Uh, claw hammer banjo techniques, these are going to help you bring out the best in your claw hammer playing and hopefully take you to another level of, uh, of playing. And, and fingers crossed you're going to come away with some new te- te- techniques and rhythms uh, other than just kind of the, the standard bum ditty that we all know and love. So Chris is going to guide us through that. Um, and we'll also be talking to him about uh, new recordings coming out from his band, The Lonesome Ace String Band, and a whole host more. Please welcome Mr. Chris Cool. All right, Chris, want to play something right now? Kind of sure. loosen us up? Yeah. I would love to. All um, right. Here's a couple tunes that are on. Uh, there's a new Lonesome Ace cal- album coming out uh, Friday the 13th. Uh, and I'll play a couple tunes that I wrote for the album. Uh, the first one's called Crossing the Junction. Um, Junction is the neighborhood that I, uh, I live in here in Toronto. And then the second one's called uh, Deer River, which is uh, named after a, a river. <laughs> Thank you. 
Yeah, sounds great. Thank you. Yeah, always great to have you here. Um, I mean, you know, your playing is, is one of my favorites, you know, to listen to. And uh, Thanks, Dave. So, it's nice to be back. Yeah. What what tuning is that that, that you're using just now? I'm using... Um, uh, it's a it's a it's like an F tuning. It's very similar right. to the G modal tuning. It's a, it's a popular it's it's, yeah. it's a popular tuning. It's it's the, the notes are F D G C D. So right. th- it's just G modal except for this F uh, this 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 fifth string tuned down. But the 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 thing that makes it very different from uh, a lot of the other banjo tunings is that it's a closed tuning. Right, as opposed to you know G standard G tuning, your double C tuning, and your you know D Rubens tuning, they're generally tuned to if not a major chord, a you know a suspended ish chord, you know. Um, but this 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 tuning, you actually have to fret almost more like a guitar most of the time. So like this is your one chord here, you, uh, and your four chord, uh, your five chord is like this. Your six chord. I was using a lot of six chord in there, um, uh, so it used to be a pretty obscure tuning. But thanks to I, I would I would give the credit to Adam Hurt and Riley Bogus um, for really popularizing this tuning quite a bit over the past few years. I remember when I first became aware of it, it was a pretty obscure tuning, and I don't think many people had realized how versatile it was. Um, so I, I play out of a lot. I mean, apart from the fact it's 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 uh, it, it makes a nice G tuning when it's capable of the second fret. But what what the key of F was always a tricky proposition uh, for Clawhammer because we can't play. I mean, playing in out of out of closed positions and a lot you know in the it it doesn't work as well with with Clawhammer, but mostly because of the brush. You know, it's like if you're brushing, it just means you're going to be holding all sorts of like all sorts of like maybe complex chords and the banjo sort of loses its sort of gets choked sounding. So the thing was, so you generally I, I tell people that you, you know, most of the time you want to be open tuned to whatever key you're playing. And so, you know, in G, that's your, your G tuning. And then you got A, B flat, B, whatever. Then you get up to C and then you change your tuning to C. You got your C, D, E. And mm-hmm. then. F was always a bit of a weird place because, like, you either capoed at the fifth fret in double C tuning, right. but then that makes you then you you your banjo sort of sounds a bit weird. It starts sounding a little tinny, capoed all up there. It can be cool, but but you've also lost all this real estate, you know, down here. And then the other thing, you know, sometimes people would do, and I've done this like when I'm recording. If I have to play an F, I'll just tune G tuning down to F. Sure. Sometimes if I'm getting real picky, I'll even up the gauges of the string. If mm-hmm. I'm recording, I would probably do that. Um, but there was never a really great way to play an F, and F is sort of an important key for a lot of men who don't have high voices and men generally when they get older and their voices get a bit lower, that's, uh, it's a really sweet key to sing in. Um, and there was like, for many years, there was never a great option. Uh, but recently in the past, like 10 years, this has become a very common banjo tuning. I would say it's like almost as common as, uh, as G and double C tuning for a lot of younger players. Yeah, yeah. I think I don't know if it was Riley or you who first kind of tur- turned me on to it. But then uh, when we had Adam Hurt on the show too, he 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 brought up this tuning. So you know, all three of you have been uh, have been 
and, and I'm hearing it as I'm as I'm out and around or, or playing with people. You know, it's popping uh, up definitely. You know, I'll tell you something, and this would be for another another episodes somewhere down the line. But this tuning is what I play in this tuning a lot. I'm very comfortable in this tuning. But one thing I started to realize is that this tuning is really so close to to double C or D tuning. And mm -hmm. what I've actually gotten into as much as I play in this tuning anymore, I just sort of use this approach out of D. So I play in the key of G out of D tuning quite a bit now. It's, it's again, it's sort of, it, this tuning led me to that because really like, so now I'm in, I'm in, I'm in double C tuning, but I've got the, the string tuned down to F. Um, I can't, I can't play like this is no longer my one chord. My one chord now has to be either this or this, but mm -hmm. all the other stuff is the same. So I can pretty much use the same approach that I'm using that F tuning, but I can, I don't have to tune to that tuning. I can just play it a D. Uh, again, uh, might okay. be something for, for, for another episode. Yeah, it's pretty cool because be... it allows you, it allows you to play in G and D without basically doing anything but taking your fifth string out of the capo. Right, that makes right. Sense. That's always I've always I've used that trick just in like playing in D when playing out of G, you know, is just to change the fifth string to A and it's mm -hmm. right there. It, you know, you have those yeah. open D strings already. So yeah, little tricks like that where you just move in the fifth string around and using the tuning you're in helps a lot. Um, let's talk about the album that's coming out. I mean, what you're. You're releasing it on Friday the thirteenth. What's the, did y'all plan to do that, or just did that just fall that way? It just worked. <laughs> we're not we're not very superstitious. I mean, <laughs> we, we we've had so much bad luck; it'll just be more of the same. <laughs> maybe I got the bad luck out of uh, out of the way uh, here with my internet. Yeah, maybe that was it. <laughs> so it's called try try to make it fly and uh, uh -huh. i was reading there's a press release that was sent over and i was reading some about it, and i saw that uh y'all had recorded a bunch of tunes and then uh decided to like scrap them all and start over because just the energy that you heard wasn't what you're going for can you kind of tell talk about that yeah a bit? sure well, i mean so so we um recorded it after we'd sort of been apart for COVID. Max had moved out to British Columbia uh, at the beginning, right before COVID. Um, and so we hadn't seen him for like two years. Uh, so in 2021, uh, he came back and we did like this intensive writing session where we all brought tunes and we sort of arranged and wrote tunes up at uh, uh, Showman's Cabin. Um, which is in the middle of nowhere. And we, we sort of like, we got the tunes and it was great. It's like, man, we got a lot of, you know, we definitely have an album here. And then we, we came back to Toronto and went right into studio, right? Like mm -hmm. the next day. And we recorded the album but because everything was so new. We sort of took a different approach, uh, which is not a person that I have anything against. I've, I've, I've definitely seen it work, but we, we did the thing where it was like, we recorded everything to a click mm -hmm. uh, and we recorded our parts pretty much separate. All vocal parts were separate, everything, you know, we just built the thing. And I mean, you can, you know, you can build a perfect, uh, a perfect machine with that way. Um, but 
you know, and it felt like it was good at the time. Right, so the tunes right. were so new. But like about a month later, you know, I remember listening back to it and I was like, this does not have the life that our band, right. like, it doesn't really show. It sounds good. It sounded perfect. But it's like, I don't know, we've right. invested all this time in learning how to play together and we've played together a lot. And it just didn't have that spark. It was like all the notes were in the right place. So obviously the harmonies are as perfect as you'd care to make them. Uh, uh, but it just wasn't right and we just decided to bail and then we that was like the year we sort of started touring again and we just right. played all those tunes live for about a year a little more than a year uh and then uh went back in the studio uh like a, a pretty, pretty about this time last year actually almost exactly um and and did them and took more of the approach that we've always taken in the past, which is essentially live. Like, right. so uh, there might've been a couple, uh, was there anything that we didn't record the vocals live? I, there might've been a couple tunes where we did a little bit of overdubbing with the vocals, like with the harmonies and stuff, sure. but generally the, the, the core, like 80% of any performance was live. And then we took those, we took that back to, we, we did that at a, at a studio outside of the city. Then we took it back to Toronto and, and over the next couple of months, layered some stuff. Uh, we added drums and pedal steel and all sorts of stuff on certain tracks, not on everything. Um, but we were much happier with the, the final result. Cool. Yeah, you never know where the energy of is going to come with, if sometimes when tunes are brand new and you record them, there's a certain energy there that you can capture where you're searching for it, you know, and, and when you've played them out too much, then they can kind of lose that or it can go the other way, like what you just described, where, you know, they really came together and you had this, you know, your, your, your spark back. Yeah, there is still, it can, there's no one, I've done, a, you know, I've been at this a long time and I've done a lot of different recording. I, I tend to prefer like the, the more my, the more live it can be, I generally find it's better. But mm -hmm. uh, as I say, I've seen it work lots of different ways, and there's there's no right one right way to do it. I've seen it where I've recorded albums where we the tunes were written days before, and uh, and um, and then recorded instantly, and it and it worked out great. And in fact, one of the things that informed us about the that original recording that we scrapped was that me and john had done a couple demos uh where we just like gone up and like you know wrote and wandered around the forest you know like hippies for a couple days and like just like chilled and uh and and made these like really quick uh demos of a two or three of the songs that ended up on the album and like we listened back to the demos like oh the demos are so much better right, <laughs> right? right like and so it was that thing it was like no we can definitely if we could do that like i mean obviously they had that that spark that magic of they were just created but mm -hmm. we knew that there was more we could do them better right right so and there's some drums on the on this um release as well um and so how do you bring that how do you bring that that energy with you when you're playing these tunes live like what you know because you do do you ever bring a drummer with you no okay no the 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 tunes we we were able like we again i mean you could hear the 
the the whole album you could hear it before anything was overdubbed and it's like we could have released it like that we've been playing them live as a trio we can definitely pull all these tunes off uh just you know in our usual context um it just added a little you know just some 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 textures that that we can't get live and we we can't um it's it's I, I don't think anybody will hear the album and then be like, come to the live show and be like, whoa, what's like, that sounds the same. It, it doesn't sound the same, but it, but it sounds damn good. <laughs> and how's, how would you describe this, this recording as compared to your other recordings? Is it, um, is there something different in, in well, flavor about, with this? Absolutely. I mean, it, it, it's our first like I think it's our sixth album. Our first two albums were almost completely tr- trad stuff. Mm-hmm. I mean, we don't really play in a really traditional manner, but it was tra- as trad as we're gonna get. And um, and then the 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 next two albums, we started to introduce our original songs on uh, at, at you know we were like half original type thing. This is completely original. There's there's no trad stuff or any covers or anything on this. Um, and there's definitely some other influences. Like there's definitely some poppy sounding stuff. Uh, you know, as close as you can get to pop with a banjo, a fiddle, and a, and a bass, <laughs> right. upright bass. But uh, um, yeah, we, we, we just sort of, uh, it wasn't like a conscious, it wasn't like we had a meeting and we're like, we have to change the sound. Right. You know, yeah. there was there there wasn't any of that, and it's like we got to appeal to the kids, or right. like, but but we just sort of you know we done the other thing, and now we'll do this thing, and who knows we'll might do the other thing again next. I don't know. Sure. Um, I wanted to ask you about the role of the banjo in in like a fiddle tune, fiddle led tune in this band, and then compare that to if you're just sitting in with an old time um, string band, if you're just play more of a traditional style is there a difference that different way you would play um and just kind of describe the role of the banjo in these settings well because if for those of you who don't know the the band is 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 just fiddle banjo and bass so there's no guitar um so definitely my the way i play again that's not really conscious i I'm, i'm really more used to playing that way this is the second band i've been in that didn't have a guitar that was just fiddle banjo and bass um, I really like that that setting, um, and uh, obviously it wants you to play more chords. So I do a lot of like chords within. Uh, I do a lot of chords within my my melodies. You know, like I'll I'll, I'll try to get those chord changes. And like if I'm playing like the boatman, you know. Uh, work those chords into the arrangement of the tune uh so i want to i'll not always but i'll pretty often be popping those chords in so that that chord wash is in there um and i do all sorts of other things i do a lot of i break away uh from just standard claw hammer and do a lot of just like 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 brushing
going back and forth between that mm-hmm. type of thing um, to get that sound bigger and to pop those chords out again. Um, right. Yeah, so so I'm sort of towing the line between a guitar player and a banjo player. Uh, and I think that always happens a little bit with Clawhammer, but even more so when there's no guitar playing. Right, right. Um, well, because we, we have this sort of a theme of a lesson mm-hmm. kind of queued up too, so I want to kind of start to get into this. You know, um, you, you kind of said skip, stop, and alternate, an introduction to alternate rhythm and rest for the chorus. Um, what are we talking about here um, when we're talking about like the skip, stop, and yeah, so I that's just a just a yeah, yeah. little name that I wrote for a <laughs> workshop that I did. Uh, so skipping is like skip beats, uh, sure. stopping is is rests, and alternate just it replies to the alternate rhythms that those two things create. Uh, so like in your basic claw hammer technique, like. I don't know if folks remember the last time I was on here, I probably did my spiel. Uh, I, I basically think there's six things that happen in Clawhammer. Three right-hand techniques, three left-hand techniques. The three right-hand techniques are the basic strum. Boom, chucka, boom, chucka, boom, chucka, boom, chucka. Double thumbing, where you're playing melody notes and putting that fifth string in between. And then drop thumbing, which you could argue is just a different version of double thumbing, where your thumb is... Uh, you're still using your thumb twice in that uh, in that that one beat, but you're you're instead of just leaving it up on the fifth string, you're coming down and drop thumbing can can you can use that melodically or you can sort of use it rhythmically. But really, that's like the three main things on the right hand, and then the left hand hammer on, pull off, and slide. You know, mm-hmm. apart from just fretting. And I mean, it's a it's a it's a little bit of a simple simplification, but I don't think it's an oversimplification. And I honestly think like you could take anything I've recorded in the past like whatever it's been 25 30 years uh and i could break it down and say it's like really just those three things you know and Mm -hmm. then different combinations and of course when you combine six things together there's a lot of different possible combinations but that's like basically your 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 claw hammer stuff now and that is great and you know i always tell people like even when i'm teaching them that basic strum like it's like you could just work on that basic strum for the rest of your life and there's there's uh um there is uh musicians you know especially like you know from that from the appalachians old musicians that we have field recordings of that really just did that like doc watson i mean he wasn't a down picker but he really just did that boom chaka thing he didn't do any drop thumbing i that i that i'm aware of he did a really simple thing but i i would say there's like musicians like doc watson who played very simple stuff but it it's so sublime that we're still trying to figure it out today it's just so perfect mm-hmm. you know it's like you don't really need anything else but that basic strum but if 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 you want more there is some some other options and the the one thing with those with those uh, three right hand techniques is you really only have two rhythms available to you okay so mm-hmm. i often I, I i describe this stuff i often hold up my hand and i think of of each one of these fingers as being a beat okay so so i'm not sort of doing anything technical here this is just like imagine this is almost like 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 tablature or music um and really i call this beat one beat two beat three and beat four really each one of these is a 16th note 
and you know they add up to, to one beat in four four time um, but I call this one two three and four so the the rhythm of the basic strum is like this boom chuck boom rest chuck boom rest chuck right does that make sense uh, yeah, you'd have to go through that again. I didn't capture that one. Okay, so so think of this as think of this as as beat one, beat two, beat three, and sure. beat four. Okay, yeah. so the basic strum is this second beat is a rest. Okay. Boom is boom is a single note. Gotcha. Right, rest, brush, fifth string. Boom, gotcha. rest, chuck. So hopefully that makes sense. Yeah. Okay, and then if you add a hand, so that's like boom, rest, chuck. You add a hammer-on or a pull-off to that, and that second note of the hammer-on fills in that second second note. So, right. so then you have instead of boom chaka, instead of boom rest chaka, boom rest chaka, mm -hmm. you've got what Pete Seeger used in his book, uh, his classic banjo book. He called this this rhythm Chattanooga, Chattanooga, right? right. right? So Chattanooga. nothing to do with the place Chattanooga of course it's just a four syllable it could just as easily right, right. be boysenberry or something okay so that's <laughs> that's that th those are really your two two rhythms now double thumbing fills all of those beats Chattanooga 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 right double thumbing there's your melody note your fifth string your melody note and your fifth string is that making sense yeah yeah yeah, yeah, and then you same same with drop thumb. So really, it's like you got combinations of you got boom chaka Chattanooga, boom chaka Chattanooga, and that's awesome. Like I said, you could just do you could do that the rest of your life and play music that if you get good, hundred years from now people will be listening and trying to figure out what the hell you were doing, and and you know it'll be great. But if the the one of the trickiest things in Clawhammer is to add space to music. And, and most of the time when somebody comes to me and they, they want to either learn something I've, I play or, or, or are wondering about what I'm doing, um, am I playing? What, it's what, the thing that they're wondering about isn't like some lick I'm putting in. Like once, I, once we sort of figure it out, it's almost always some rest I've put in my playing. Mm -hmm. It's right. a rest I've put in my climber playing. Because <clears throat> there isn't anything, once you can do the, the, the double thumbing, drop thumbing, and the bass drum, there's nothing else to put in. You're, there's, mm -hmm. there's very little space. It's all about what you can take out at that point. All right? Um, so I have, a really, I have a really fun sort of way of introducing people to this concept. Should I just go? Yeah, sure. Yeah? yeah. Okay, cool. All I'm, right. still, I'm still kind of locked into how you came up with boysenberry so quickly. Um. It's not the first time I've used that analogy. <laughs> okay. And there's a boysenberry tree just a couple doors down, too. All right. All right, let's get into the lesson. <laughs> okay. Okay, cool. So so the way I the way I introduce this to, to people is I as I as I show them uh there's things. First of all, I get them to to I think of a two beat pattern. So I think of a I, I say, okay, we're gonna play a basic strum and then two double thumbings, okay? So what that means is like, if we were just on the first string, okay? So I'm in G tuning here, by the way. I think I'm in I'm tuned with the tuner, so I should be in line with, with everybody else. But let's say we do a basic strum on the first string. Boom, 
rest, right? There's our basic strum. Mm -hmm. And then we do, we follow that with double thumbing. On Also on the first string. We won't use our left hand at all for now. Okay, so there's there's a double thumb. So one, so basic strum, double thumbing, basic strum, double thumbing. If you're following at home, just try doing that. I'll do it even slower. Boom, rest, Okay, so we so we so we got that going. Mm -hmm. So what we're gonna do now is start taking some stuff out of that. So first let's look at the basic strum. Um, so first thing I'm gonna do is I'm gonna, so I, I've got this, this rhythm. What I'm gonna do is I'm gonna take the brush out of the basic strum, first of all. Okay, so instead mm -hmm. of boom, rest, chaka, it's gonna be boom, ah. Okay, mm -hmm. now before you try to do that, there's a trick. I want to, I want you to watch something. I'm going to I'm going to do some basic strums and then I'm going to take the brush out. Okay? So, here's the basic strum. There's four basic strums. Now I'm going to take that brush out. Now, I want you to notice something here. If pretend the sound was off and you couldn't hear what I was doing. Okay, I'm going to go back and forth between those. Could you tell that I was doing anything different? Here's my basic strum. Here's my basic strum with the brush. Exactly. It's exactly the same. If, if you weren't listening to this, you couldn't tell that I changed anything. And that's the key. One of the trickiest things to, because we've put a rest in now, right? Mm -hmm. And one of the trickiest things with putting rests in claw hammer, claw hammer is such a physical uh, way of playing an instrument. It's it's unlike any other instrument in my opinion. The fiddle the fit the fiddle has that. I mean I guess all instruments have some 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 physicality and momentum to them. But I really feel like the, the climb really's got a momentum. And when people try to put breaks, if they if you stop like you've got this thing going like 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 really what, what what's happening is if you again if think of that one two three four you're going always going down on one, up on two, down on three, up on four. One, two, right. three, four, one, two, three, four. No matter which of those techniques you're using, you're always doing that rhythm. Where people go wrong with trying to get a uh, put a rest in is they try to stop and then right. yeah, you can stop, but I dare you to try to get back in rhythm in time because you've lost that momentum and then it's like really going to be awkward when you get back so the key and then we're seeing this right with that 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 um i sometimes call this the, the instead of the basic strum i call this the basic thumb because we've taken out the out the brush but the key is to keep that to keep that momentum so let's try try if you're following at home or, or whatever uh, do get do go on some basic strums, nice and slow here. Now just try taking the brush out, but by doing that, I want all I want you to do is brush the air. Just pull your fingers out a little bit so that you're just not hitting the strings, but you're still all this motion and. Look, I'm not going to get into basic claw hammer technique, but you, you'll notice what I'm doing here is my thumb is loading that fifth string. If you're not doing that, uh, you're going to have to go back to uh, 
some right. basic claw hammer stuff. I'm just going to assume that everybody's loading that fifth string with their thumb. Um, but I still, one, two, on three, I still brush, but most importantly, my thumb still comes down on that string, loads it, and then on four, I can just pop it off. One. Mm -hmm. So now my basic strum has become one. Uh, boom, as opposed to boom, chaka boom, chaka boom, chaka boom, chaka boom, a boom, a boom, a boom. So taking that back, remember we were doing boom, chaka, uh, Chattanooga, we we're doing double thumbing. Now instead of going boom, chaka, double thumbing, boom, chaka, double thumbing, now we're going boom, a double thumbing, boom, a double thumbing, boom, a double thumbing, right? So now I've got okay. this. Now I've got this cool. I got this cool, cool ultimate rhythm. Like, boom, ah, ba, 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 boom, right? And that's cool. That's different than like anything else. That if you've never done anything like this, you never played that rhythm in claw hammer. It's sort of a weird, weird, you know. So it's, it's a weird rhythm. Uh, it's almost like a like a tango or something, you know. Mm -hmm. um, okay, so I so you know I would get my student to you know practice that. I feel like they got that. Then I'd say, let's look at the double thumbing. Okay, so now what we're going to do is we're going to take the finger notes out of the double thumbing. So instead of going, so by the finger notes, I mean the, the, the downbeats and notes I'm playing on the first string. So instead of going, I'm going to start taking those finger notes out. So if I was counting it, one, two, three, four, one, two, three, four, one, two, three, four, two, three, four. And again, if you weren't hearing this and you were just watching this without sound, you'd swear I was doing the same thing, whether I was doing double thumbing or I call this ghost thumbing. Okay? And again, on one... You're not really hearing anything, but there's something important happening on one. I set the, the, the thumb on the fifth string, load it. Two, I just take it off and sound it. So that's, I call that ghost thumbing. These are just, mm -hmm. again, pithy, pithy names I've made up for this stuff. So now what I'd have where I started with this. And then when I took the took the brush out of the basic strum, I got. And then once I take those finger notes out of the double thumbing, I got. Right. And that's a again. That's a pretty low down funky thing right there. Right, right. Okay, so what I want, let's go back to where we started. Boom, chaka, chattanooga, right? This is two beats, right? Correct? Like one, like the, the these four is, is, is one beat, like the, the basic strum put together as uh -huh. a beat and the double thumbing, the two double thumbs is a beat. Okay, so let's, take a look let's let's take what, what i then would do 
um, is let's let's think of a really simple tune. So let's think of Cripple Creek. Okay. So let's say we have a version of Cripple Creek. I'll 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 uh, I'm going to play a very simple version. I'm not going to spend a ton of time teaching it. If anyone watching wants to um, uh, uh, send me an email. Uh, I will I'll send you a tab for what I'm going to teach here with with Cripple Creek So I'm not gonna spend a ton of time, but let's and it doesn't really matter if you played Cripple Creek as you'll see in a second uh, It doesn't matter if you play it exactly like this, but let's say we have a version of Cripple Creek that goes like this Creek a bit different than this. So I'm doing a slide. And then uh, Okay, so let's say that's my version of Cripple Creek. That is eight beats long, if you think about it. I got one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. Or, or, or I could think about one, if I was trying to find where, where like the two beats are. One, two, one, two. That make it, mm -hmm. Do you think that's clear? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Okay. Cool. Okay. So that thing I showed you, where that that pattern, right? This thing that lasts two beats, right? Remember we talked about that. So I can fit that into Cripple Creek, uh, into 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 a tune like Cripple Creek that's that's eight bars long, I can fit that in four different places. Okay? okay? And once I figure out how to do it on Cripple Creek in four different places, I can do it on any tune in the entire world that I play on Clawhammer Banjo. Any, any eight bars in, that I play in Clawhammer Banjo, I can pop that in. So I'll uh -huh. show you how that works. So if you think of what's happening here, so we've, we've, we, we started with this boom, chugga, chattanooga, right? Um, we took this out, we took this out. We, we, we still have that very first, that, that first sort of downbeat is going to be a melody note, right? Mm -hmm. That's like the boom of boom, chugga. But if you think about it, we took out all of the other downbeats. All we're left with is offbeats. So we took out mm -hmm. all the finger notes, right? Right? So we've essentially taken out all the melody. So if I want to put this into a tune, all I've got to look at is I, I can look at, and this works really well with tablature. Um, uh, it, works very well visually with tablature but all I got to look at is I can look at look at some tablature or, or or think about it in my mind you know look at what's the first beat of each of the two bars like what is what's happening on sort of that that first downbeat I can look at that and then I can forget about everything else in the rest of the in the rest of those two beats and insert that rhythm that I just showed you or I can move along and I can look at what's the next first note of two beats 
and then disregard everything else and pop it in. So I'll show you what that means. So if, if my, my version of Cripple Creek is this. Okay, let's look how we pop that in. So the first two beats, so the first two beats are one, two. So that's the first two beats. So mm -hmm. all I've got to do is pay attention to what's what's the first thing I do there. What's the uh, what's the thing that's happening on that first downbeat is I'm doing a slide, right? So I do that slide and then I do a brush and I play all, all those notes. But I don't have to worry about any of the, the, those other things. All I've got to do is pay attention to that first slide and then I got to plug that rhythm in. So remember that rhythm is. So what that would sound like was I do that slide and I go, and that would be the first two beats. Now on its own that might not sound like much, but let's see what if I do that and I and I put it in context of the tune. So instead of what I'm going to have now is. to the next two beats so that's so, so I'll leave the first two beats intact there's one two and then the first note of the next two beats is this C note on the second string first fret forget about everything else and then plug that in so what I'd have then is down the line one more time the next two beats starts with a slide or I can move it down the line two more uh, so so the, the, the first version Yeah, that's great. That you, you know, you, you have enough of the melody in there for the listener to hear the song, but uh, but then you t you're taking you're taking you know a little yeah, out, yeah, giving, giving giving it a little space. Now again, you you like yeah. I probably would only do that once in that in in those eight beats. You know, you don't want to right. do it. I mean, you could do it. in if you if you right. want um, it's like a minimal, yeah. minimalist painter who you can you know you can still see the the human being or something if, you know if you've you know taken a lot of the the, the formation of it away you know well I, yeah I, I i use that analogy quite a bit when i'm teaching clawhammer i really think it's like when clawhammer really um is is about being like 
you know, it's it's about sort of blurring your eyes to the to the melody a little bit and mm-hmm. capturing sort of the essence of it as opposed to the exact detail like a photograph or or like a really bad nature painting. <laughs> right. This is yeah, we've this is this is very very well explained. I mean, uh um we've had some some people choose Paul uh well well, somebody chimed in saying this is very, very well explained. I missed where it is, but uh, there you go, Julie Colton. <laughs> Thank you, um, Julie. So let's see. Is there more? Is there more we want to go over, or is? Um, so, so let me just sort of, sort of show a couple things, like other. So with that, that basic, uh, uh, that basic thumb, which is just a basic strum, uh, with, um, without the strum. Um, one thing that I that I find that's help I, I use that a lot. I mean, I just I use that all the time. Like that mm-hmm. tune, like that first tune I played at the beginning of there it is. There, there it is. There, right? I use it all the time in my playing. Um, um, to, to, to put the space in, but I also use it a lot when I'm playing really fast um, because it takes out, I mean, the, the faster you, you're playing, the, the, the closer all those beats are together. And mm-hmm. um, I mean, when you get going really fast, uh, when you get going really fast, um, to, to, to get that, like, especially that strum can be a little overpowering. that that a lot in my faster playing the faster i play probably the less i put the strum in and and when i do put the strum in uh it's more powerful i'll put the strum mm-hmm. i'll tend to put the strum in when there's a chord change and then i'll also often put the strum in on the downbeat as a put like as opposed to a single note as opposed to where it usually goes on the third so like if i'm even if i'm When the chord changes, I put right. a brush in. Whereas, like usually, the brush is, is here. I usually I put I'll often be mm-hmm. putting the brush in on that first beat, especially when the almost any time there's a chord change, I brush on there because like that's a, that's a, if you think about that basic strum. One of the I wouldn't say it's like a uh, like a, a weakness of it, but but if if you are playing it and changing chords, right? It's like. Uh, you say you change chord, the, ch- the chord will generally change here, but you won't hear the chord change till here. Does mm-hmm. that make sense? Because yeah. you're playing a yeah. single note on the downbeat, and you don't hear the chord change till till later. So right. you don't get it right on that downbeat, and exactly. So I pretty much will pretty much always brush on the downbeat on a chord change. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, yeah. It definitely yeah it definitely gives it like a, a a certain power to it right there. Yeah, yeah, ex- yeah, exactly. Um, so there, there is a there, there again. There's a lot. Uh, there's there's other ones. I uh, that's usually where I start people. 
Um, and that's why I sort of, uh, you know, when you asked me what we, I want to do, I was saying sort of an introduction. I think like going over too much of it uh, at one time isn't that helpful. There, there's definitely other alternate rhythms, but that is like, man, you can get a lot in there. And when you get, get um, uh, when you get a, a feel for that, I mean, again, you can, you know, like, you know, you can literally put that in any tune, you know, like another... you to do and, and 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 i'll say this with a caveat because it's not always the right thing to do but you know like there's a lot of fiddle tunes will have are, are very syncopated um uh like a tune that a, a very popular tune that comes to mind uh that people play a lot uh is that shove the pig's foot into the fire uh now i'm trying to think if i can get that melody uh, uh, I'm, I'm having trouble getting the melody, but but uh, what this will allow you to do if you if you get it, get it under your fingers is is play some follow the fiddle and get some of those syncopations uh, that that are hard to get with the um, with the banjo just doing that either the boom chuck or the Chattanooga rhythm, right? Because it'll again it allows you it it allows you to um, uh, uh, to, to play some alternate rhythms that, and so match the fiddle a little bit more closely and again sometimes it's better to not match the fiddle and to just play a straight rhythm and let the fiddle be the one that syncopates but there's no there's no hard fast rules to the stuff okay yeah this is great because yeah you know with call hammer so much is that you know bump diddy bump diddy bump diddy bump diddy rhythm you hear and and bringing that out giving it space makes it so much more musical in, in, in a lot of ways yeah and and that that thing with the with the thumb like if if i'm if i'm sort of really drawing out and putting a lot of space what you'll notice if you ever watch me play is this this never stops so like mm -hmm. I'm still I'm still keeping time. I'm still tapping that thumb. So that's my that's my trick for 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 again adding those rests into claw hammer without losing. I mean, maybe it's just me, but I can't lose the physical momentum. If I if I stop that, I'm not going to get back in to it. Sure. in per in time it'll take me a beat and there'll be a there'll be what i call like a time burp in it you know or like Wah, you know yeah. uh before i can actually really get back into groove whereas if i keep that that hand mm -hmm. going um it allows me to uh to sort of get it back in with authority yeah well, thanks, Chris. This is this has been really well explained. Everybody's been chiming in here. We've got a lot of people, you know, Alan Jones and Paul Grady, all 
all chiming in. Everybody's saying, you know, this is clearing up a lot of things for, for them. Okay. Um, we got a couple of questions. They're kind of off topic, but uh, sure. we do have a couple of questions we want to get to. We have Paul Grady saying, asking, how old is your banjo head? It's been looking tired for a while. Love the sound, brother. It is. This banjo head is probably about 30 years old. And wow. uh, <clears throat> it's funny because I was just somebody, I was just writing something for, uh, we're doing a lot of PR for the the new album. So I was, somebody was asking me about the instrument and I was writing something about it. And it's like, um, it's a fiber skin head. Um, and I was, I was a busker for, um, I was a busker for, for uh, 12 years or something like that. Sure. Uh, in my teens and into my early thirties. And, um, I really put a lot of hours in. I, I, figure I, I i probably have about this is the ba main banjo i've ever played i figure i have about over twenty thousand hours at least on this, this particular instrument um and uh although this this the, the the reason the head sort of looks this sort of black is from the subway because it's a very dirty environment down there and mm -hmm. this thing spent a lot of time down there um this banjo sounds so good it's the best banjo i've ever like ever heard uh for right. my taste uh and i there's nothing wrong with this head uh it just sort of looks a little beat up but um i always tell people when they when when banjo players because a lot of banjo players tend to be tinkerers and they're like well why don't you change the head and i'm like well if you had a beautiful old guitar that you've been playing for 30 years and it the top you played it so much that the top got scratched you wouldn't dream of taking the top off and replacing it, uh, for, you know, with a right. clean like top. Like Willie Nelson's guitar, you know, trigger. With you'd the never do that. Everything. You'd never yeah. do that, right? It would kill the, the you'd kill yeah. the guitar. And I, I sort of, until there's, until there's a problem with this head, I've put so much music through this head, I'm not right. going to change it. I, I wish you the best with your head. I hope nothing, I hope that you do have another uh, 30 years together. I hope so too. <laughs> uh, Michael Clark is asking, I've been trying to get in touch with Chris to find out the tuning for baby blue for like a year. Uh, baby blue is in, um, let's see. It, it's, it's in, uh, in the same tuning that Doc Boggs plays O Death in, I believe, which is C, F sharp. It's a really weird tuning. Yeah. C, F sharp. I can't even guess what would be next. Well, it's... A, a it's 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 like think of it it's Ruben's train tuning okay but but you have to but you've got that low C note so you so in order gotcha and the only reason the only reason for this low C note is it gives you this it allows you to hammer onto that chord tone mm -hmm. uh-huh 
ください。Anyways, that's the tuning. So F sharp C, F sharp A D. Right, it's it's right, it's open it's open D, you know, with the drop C. Exactly. Yeah. Which is not a chord tone. So there's open D. Yeah. Okay. Cool. Um, I want to bring Jamie back in, see if there's anything that we've been uh, missing in the chat. And Check one, two. Um, no. I think it's, you covered most of the points there. Just a really general, very, very positive feedback. Really, really clear on the explanation. I think that was the best part of it. And uh, uh, I think if uh, everyone was in a room and I asked, uh, raise your hand if you took something away from this, I think most people would say absolutely. So uh, kudos to you. I think that's really, really cool. Um, let's keep it going. Um, thank you very much for your time today. It's really, really fun. Oh, it's my pleasure. It's been fun. Yeah, so if anybody, again, if, if anybody, I have a, a, like a, I have a tab for that Cripple Creek that sort of shows what mm. it looks like when you take each one of those beats out and then a video, just a very simple video, just like this. It's not, not, not real professional or anything, but, but uh, if you email me, uh, I will, I'm happy to send that to you. If you want to get into this even deeper, I do have a, a workshop that I did called Skip Hop and Wobble that you can get on my website. I think it's 25 bucks or something, um, okay. but it's got some other other alternate rhythms and sort of takes it to the next next level but but uh, for most of you really just learning this you could spend a year or so just really getting this out under your fingers and i think would be a good good plan absolutely chris cool. do you do you teach online or, or are you taking students i do um i'm pretty limited these days um but okay. you can give me a try i teach okay. about two to six days a month depending on the on the month and uh and uh, I, I love teaching. Uh, uh, come from a whole family of teachers, and mm. I, I really—it's a big part of the art for me. Uh, yeah. And uh, uh, so I'm happy to do it if, I, if 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 the scheduling works. But I'm not that available. Um, and, and I I do these group. I haven't done one in a, in, a, in about six or seven months. But I I do group uh, um, workshops. Uh, okay. And I, I have a couple in mind. I'll probably be doing some in the new year. Um, so yeah, if people can go on my website, I have a, I have a, e, uh, email list. I send out one email a month, uh, that I sort of get people ca caught up with, uh, what I'm doing. And then I have this weird thing called straight from the horse's mouth where mm -hmm. I, where I play a banjo tune and wear a horse's mask and, <laughs> and provide tablature. It's a, it's quite a thing, but it's All very right. popular, very popular. <laughs> we'll have to have the horse on next time. Sure. Tell me you don't have that mask handy right now? Come on. Let's <laughs> see. We gotta do it. He's walking away. He's dangerously walking away with his headphones. I know. Like, there's no cable. Oh, there, yeah. there it is. Excellent. There you Excellent. go. There it is. All right. All right. 
Can we do this? Can we can we do a play out with the, with the horse's mask? Absolutely. So I don't um, want to say anything after this, right? Absolutely. No. no. So play us the tune. Thanks a lot for for being here, um, everybody. The, tune, the check out the Lonesome Mace String Band album. Uh, October thirteenth yeah. comes out, and uh, we'll leave it to the horse. Hang on, he's got a he's got glasses, all kinds of stuff. Got there we go. <laughs> I love it. <laughs>